0: Welcome everyone to another episode of the Analyst at Desk podcast where we break down competitive League of Legends so you don't have to. This episode will be talking about the matchups between the eight teams in the quarterfinals and hopefully not go on a Galaxy Quest once again. The Analyst Desk would like to thank the Shot Caller, Proving Grounds, and the daily walkthrough as well as my patients for making this program possible. Links to our sponsors can be found in the description below. I am your host Amanda Stevens and with me tonight is the same crew from the last quest. We have Cole Culture Gibson. Alex Mad Magical Wieldin. I love my tinfoil hat. (laughs) And Ginny Satrina Woo.
1: Howdy, y'all.
0: Wow. Apparently we have two cultures tonight. So, real quick, I would like to touch on the fact that we all made fun of a certain analyst who said that Cloud9 would get out of their group and, um we were all wait, wrong wait, and wait, he wait. was right. Time out. We didn't uh, yes, all make should. fun of him. Culture, you <laughs> made fun of him and then you changed your
2: <laughs> prediction. So, I'm on his side. I'm, I'm there. So, you can't group me. Yeah, no. Don't move with you losers. Alright. <laughs>
0: Uh, Alright, so we're going to start with the very first quarterfinal matchup. Uh, We're going to go in order of how they air on the broadcast, which means that we get to start with KT Rolster, the LCK first seed, versus Invictus Gaming, who is the LPL second seed. Of quick note, KT Rolster went 5-1 in group C, dropping only one game to EDG, and Invictus Gaming went 5-2 in their group after losing to Fnatic twice during the second round robin. Magical, while looking mostly solid during play, Ning did stumble in both of the game versus Fnatic. Are you worried that KT
3: roster will exploit him in a similar fashion? Looking at this matchup between KT and between IG, I mean, really, I have to be worried. Score is. Without a doubt, the best jungler in the world right now. He's been proving that this entire world. He's been proving it throughout years and years. The only reason we're only now seeing him on the world stage is because finally, KT have broken through. They won Korea, and now they're looking to win worlds. And he is someone who will easily exploit Ning, one of the weakest points for me of Invictus Gaming.
0: Okay. And uh, just to just to touch on something real quick, uh, culture... If we're also talking about weak points in the Invictus Gaming lineup, uh, I'm really worried about this bot-, bot lane matchup. Jackie Love and Bowland did not really show up for IG in the second part of the round robin.
2: How do you think they'll handle themselves versus Deft and Mata? And where you should be, Amanda. This bot lane came in the tournament they were considered the third best bottom lane, arguably, of the tournament behind Deft, Mata, and uh, Uzi, and uh, Ming. And the first round of groups, it appeared that some of the issues that they had experienced in their season, summer split, mainly the inconsistencies in their 2v2, they, they disappeared. You saw Jacky Love with a damage percentage of two, 28.2%, he had a KDA of 4.1% and Balon was close after him, but we have to consider the strength of the group they were in. I mean, let's just face it, 100 Thieves and G-Rex, they weren't going to be much of a challenge but against Fnatic, they just got exposed. And if you can't beat the Fnatic bot lane, which was essentially a best of three in that group stage, then you damn sure can't beat Deft and Mata, who are arguably the second best vying for the best bot lane at Worlds. Deft, the entire part of that group stage in his group, had a KDA of 7.7 and the kill participation of 70.9%, but more importantly... 31.5% of his team's damage, and Mata had a 12.2 KDA across the entire group. Not only is there a difference in powder, though, but it's also a bigger issue of champion pool. If you look at IG's seven games, Jackie Love played Kaisa in six of them. This is the ADC that actually fouled the meta for a lot of teams in the group stage, and even worse, on the best AD carries at Worlds right now, which is the Kaisa, or which is the Zaya, he lost a Fnatic, and it didn't look good at all
3: culture for me, I look at this bot lane and really for Jackie Love, he has been exploited by some teams such as Fnatic, but he's been really strong. You look to how he played against G-Rex, where he was being able to get these solo kills against them, and a lot of that, of course, was because Ning was able to play successfully around the bottom uh, side of the map. They went 3-0 in the first few days of world. so this is where I have to ask you, if we look at KT and they use score not to play around bot side but they're trying to help out especially in the top side of the map for the, just looking at Smeb especially is this where we can see maybe uh Ning really helping out Jackie Love where the weaknesses have been in the past
2: I think so because if KT follows a lot of the patterns of the teams in Worlds right now they're gonna to try and find that top lane pressure with Smeb which should open things up for Ning to try and go to the bomb lane and make that a 3v2 instead of a 2v2 and give them some more comfort and pressure but at the same time it's up to Jackie Love and Balon to even give themselves a chance against Deft and Mata in that bottom lane to give Ning that opportunity to find those ganks and those kills. I mean, we have to face it, Deft and Mata are the most consistent of the two, of the two bottom lanes. They have a deeper champion pool and they're just better. So while Ning can definitely help, it's still a lot of the onus on the Invictus Gaming bottom lane to open up those opportunities in the first place.
0: I definitely agree with both of you. Uh, I think that especially Bowlan uh, has kind of not shown up even in the victories. Uh, you kind of look at his performance in some of those games and have been like, hmm, Bowlan, you're really lucky that the other four people on your team look really good. Uh, but a matchup that I think that IG actually might have the upper hand in is how Yukal and Rookie matchup. Both have been strong points on the map for their teams, with Yukile being sort of a a rock in the mid lane for KT, and Rookie just being the hard carry for IG. Ginny, what do you think will happen when these two mid laners beat?
1: Well, see, I think you're actually being very positive here, Amanda. (laughs) 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 I, (laughs) as much as it hurts my Chinese pride to say this, I actually think that the UCal being so dependable for KT is actually a bigger selling point than a lot of people are going are going to think. I mean, if you think about UCal, he I wouldn't call him a particularly high kill mid laner. Yes, he has really high, decently high kill participation, um, but he plays a regular control champ sort of throughout season eight, and also you can see sort of where the trend is going in his Worlds matches. I think that in terms of rookie. Um, he has a higher comparative KDA which yes reflects a hard carry style, but we can also see as the wider as a wider part of the team focus, KT have a much higher dragon priority and much higher neutral objective priority. And I feel like K T, at least in World so far, they are in positions that have put themselves in positions whereby they can actually frequently take these more important objectives and they also often take the first tower much more often than, than IG. I feel like if Rookie really is meant to get ahead and actually execute on the hard carry play style, he needs to keep UCAL down in the mid lane. So UCAL doesn't really need a lot of kills or anything like that to actually keep putting pressure on. You can see that in terms of the the score between the two teams just for Worlds, we see that that UCAL has higher kill participation and also does surprisingly the same amount of damage percentage that a hard carry mid laner like Rookie actually does in team fights. So we think about what Rookie's actually known for, there's not a huge performance discrepancy. So I don't think that it's entirely fair to say that IG might have the leg up over KT in this matchup mainly because of how the team support both players through the game you see that KT Ross actually while you come and not be playing the higher higher carry champions he's not actually losing out at all in lane in CS or in farm or even in pressure
0: okay so coming to our favorite part of the show where I put a gun to everybody's heads <laughs> actually and going to get you guys to predict the score of the series. So we're going to go in order. Magical
3: wins the series. KT is going to win the series for me. It's, I believe, going to be a 3-1 where Invictus will get one game.
2: Culture. Believe in the Chinese overlords? No, I have the same score. I I was really bought into IG in the group stage, but this draw was just so bad for them. I don't think they get over KT.
0: And Jenny, are you are you joining? You joining Culture and Magical? Are you
1: betraying your country? Yeah, I'm defecting, and now my grandmother's <laughs> gonna kill me. But um, I'm defecting. <laughs> to the, I'm defecting to the Korean side for sure. I and the same as Culture. I think that this 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 matchup is not the one that I wanted my boys from IG to get, and they're gonna suffer because of it.
0: All right, well, it's looking a little bit better for China in the next group where we're looking at quarterfinals matchup number two, Royal Never Give Up the LPL first seed versus G2 Esports, the EU LCS third seed. Quick notes once again, Royal Never Give Up went 5-2 in their group, winning a tiebreak for first seed. And G2 Esports went 4-3 in their group after having to beat the Flash Wolves just to get out of the group. In an interview, Hyarnin said that if he got Heimerdinger versus Uzi, he was confident he could beat the Mad Dog. We've seen G2 prioritize the bot lane more during this tournament and we also know that rng also likes to play through their bot lane culture what do you think happens when both teams try to coordinate through the bot lane and play the same exact game plan
2: the thing is amanda see i admire yarn's confidence i love it i love seeing that brazen no bars held back that fast and furious you know mile high Skyrocket, He said for himself, but I, I don't believe for a second that RNG is going to deliberately leave up the donger unless they want to try and make a statement against G2 and they won't let G2 even play through their bot lane. You know, while Hyana did have success in the group stage, much of G2's game plan was involving the bottom lane it was mainly keeping Yarnin and Wadid in safer lane matchups that allowed them to either win a lane or at least make it to the 15, 20 minute mark scaling and unscathed. And it showed in the champions, they drafted for Yarnin, you know, the Jin, the Sivir, the Kaisa. And then there's a one game of brand where they tried to give him the carry potential and they lost heavily. So G2 has played around their solo lanes in a one through one composition, all groups. We already know the reputation of Uzi and Ming and g G2 is smart they will respect that. And Hyana will just have to wait for the next international tournament to score off with Uzi.
0: All right. I respect that. Ginny, I'd like to take a look at the top lane for these two teams, both wonder and let me appear to be comfortable into the Aatrox uh, versus Urgot matchup to both sides. But where these players deviate is wonder's willingness to play carries. Whereas let me is more of a tank player. Do you think the top lane is going to be a weak point for Royal in this matchup?
1: So, Amanda, I don't think that Royal's top lane is actually going to be a weakness per se. Um, I think it is correct that Let Me plays more tank champions, but he's also definitely playing initiating champs. Like We see he has a long history of playing champs like Malphite and Ornn. And I know that Wanda has some niche picks like Javan, Swain, Irelia, and I guess more high damage champs that Let Me just doesn't play. However, I don't think it's a weak point if it's just his role. That's just what he does. He plays high initiate, high CC champs, and that's okay. And I think it's notable to also say that Let Me doesn't really get target banned. And even though he's just on tanks, we've seen at least in the past week his damage percentage in teamfights is actually just about the same as Wanda's contribution, despite Wanda perhaps favoring champions that do a little bit more damage. They contribute just about the same, I think, in teamfights from a damage perspective, despite that perceived role discrepancy. So I think for me personally, the difference is that Let Me will actually bring more than just Wanda's damage potential. If he's just on a tank, he'll bring the CC, you know, he'll bring the control, he'll bring the zoning. So even if Let Me may fall behind, his champions still have that innate ability to actually influence teamfights. So I don't think it's a weak point at all for Royal.
2: And I think that's where Royal Never Give Up were really find Let Me's niche in this matchup is just the mm-hmm. fact of putting him on the orange, something that once you get past laning phase can impact team fights throughout the mid-game. And when you saw G2 play at times where they struggled was when Wonder was getting caught out in those side lanes, dying unnecessarily, being over-aggressive. And that's definitely something Royal Never Give Up can exploit just as long as Let Me, in my opinion doesn't give up early kills in lane and let Wonder and Yankos take over that top side of the map, then they can definitely try and exploit the G2 one push and turn it into picks that turn into objectives that can turn into wins and then get them to the next stage.
0: Alright. I disagree. I do think <laughs> that uh, Wonder is definitely more of a powerpoint. We've seen that when he does play into the tank matchup, that he doesn't, uh, that he doesn't necessarily just show up but that he thrives and you can say that well here here's some games where Wonder was XD caught out in a side lane but only in a few of them were was it like game costing. Uh usually he gets caught out in a side lane by three people while nothing is taken afterwards. So that's just not mine. Speaking of role matchups though I think the junglers are also a pretty interesting look, because on the side of World Never Give Up, we have Parsa and G, and for G2 we have the first Blood King, Yankos. Uh, magical, tell me about these junglers. And how they're going to influence
3: their opponents. I mean, man, you kind of already said something about Yankos, the first blood king. Yankos has been living up to that pretty well this world so far. Either first blooding or getting first blooded himself, always has to be a part of it in some way. But the thing for me is interesting because even despite the title Yankos has been given to me, he's been kind of weak this world. Where. Yes, we can say, okay, G2 have been doing a great job playing around their sidelines. They've been having uh, Hyarnan on Heimerdinger and Jin, so that way they don't have to worry about a losing matchup in bot lane. They can push out. But Jankos has been more really trying to help Perks in the mid lane so that he can roam around a lot, make sure that he can go other places, and it's usually perks and Yanko's going as a unit together. They're always roaming together, trying to make these plays in the side lane, that way they can set up for objectives, and that's starkly different from what we see from Royal. You look over at Royal, especially at Carsa, well, yes, he's a great team player, but it's always him. He's the one making these ganks in the bot lane, especially trying to make sure that they get Uzi ahead, so that way they can rely on Uzi later on. Sometimes playing a little bit about around Xiaohu, but really it's about the it's about uzi that's what rng is and Karasa has been doing a great job on that and so that seems like it'd be a good strategy on paper for rng they have this idea okay we want to play around bot lane we want to have this team fight oriented comp But you can't really play that against G2. I was just mentioning how Yankos and uh, Perks like to kind of roam around together. They like to be as a unit. That way, Wonder, as we were just talking about, can go on split push missions. And if he's going into Let Me, who likes to play a lot more tanks, he's not going to be able to stop Wonder from just winning the game. Which we've already seen twice happen from G2, where it's been on Camille just being able to open up the base of whoever it is, because it doesn't matter. That's what they're allowed to do because Yankos and Perks move as a unit. So for me, this is when I look at the last factor for RNG that they have, and that's MLXG. Because MLXG does play starkly different from how Karsa is. While Karsa is trying to make sure to facilitate his team, make sure they can get to the team fights, MLXG is very, very fast-paced. He wants to get these kills early. He wants to challenge Yankos for that first Blood King title. So this is maybe what RNG wants to do when they look at how junglers are going to be. You get someone like MLG, who is very fast, very aggressive, so that way you don't have to ever worry about Let Me being on these sinks, eventually getting outscaled by a split push menace in Wonder. They can easily start playing around the fact that they've already gotten the side lanes ahead, they've already gotten Uzi a little bit ahead. You look at MLG, he's getting turn, he gets Kindred, he gets something that can just snowball into the late game like Xin Zhao, and boom, you already have won the game before Wonder is able to take off, and so, it's really interesting when I look at the jungle matchups here, because I want to see how Royal Never Give Up are gonna play. Are they gonna play more with Karsa and go for the team fights? Or are they gonna try to answer answer how G2 are, which is we want to make sure to set up side lanes so that we can have split push. We can go for a one three one composition with Yankos having gotten people ahead. So I want that's what I want to see. I want to see how that's going to be, and I think RNG the best strategy in my mind that they go for is they actually start MLXG. They don't start Karsa because they try to match Yankos. If it doesn't pan out in the first game, that's when they bring Karsa in and try to play their own style. But in the first game, you really do try to experiment into G2 and see if you can stop Yankos and Perks from being able to get these side lanes ahead.
0: So I do you you touched on a point that I think is really interesting, that they're going to want to go with sort of their more aggressive jungler versus G2. But we also know that G2 struggles uh, in the conventional form of the team fight phase of the game. Do you think that it might be more important to have Cartho, who does sort of excel in that map control, teamfight oriented game, to have him start to maybe get that first game lead? Or do you are you more worried about MLXG and Zhao who sort of linking up these pressure valves uh, in the side lanes?
3: So, when I look at how I want to start, I'm worried that if you start Karsa and then bring in MLXG, that you're only bringing in MLXG if you lose a game, right? Well, that means now you're putting someone who's heavily dependent on Snowballs to try to get ahead. He has to link up with Xiaohu, go for these roams like you were mentioning, Amanda, but that's a problem. That's a risk that they're now taking by trying to say, okay, we have to answer this now, instead of trying to go right in the face of G2 and say, we want to answer you right away, and then if it doesn't work pulling back and go okay now let's go for team fights let's make sure that we can just win these team fights successfully we bring in Karsa who's more veteran who's been playing around for years sure MLXG has as well but Carsa has been with the Flashful for years and years and everyone knows that name and he has always been a rock for whatever team he's been a part of so I think that's why you start with MLXG over Karsa more just because you want to be able to have that backup plan being this is where we all link up together instead of just having MLXG and Xiaohu linking up.
0: Alright, so it's our favorite time,
2: culture
3: <sighs> I'm, I'm
2: <laughs> I want to have EU pride I want to believe in euphoria but I'm going to have to take RO and never give up here. It's going to be a
0: 3-1 Do you think that every game is going to look competitive or do you just think it's like the one victory they get is the best victory they have?
2: It wouldn't be a classic LPL Europe showdown if it wasn't close games every single one all right
0: jenny yeah you're going with your country this time not defecting to to europe as well.
1: oh hell no <laughs> look amanda i know i'm australian but i've got some dignity okay so i'm gonna pick um rng 3-1 as well for the same reasons culture it's gonna be close but i gotta give it to my boys and i honestly think that they're gonna do great even against Wanda, which is amanda's baby
0: Ooh, that's true magical are you going to deviate? Is it is it time to break ranks?
3: So I talked to some people before. I talked to Icer about who he thought was going to win this game. And it kind of convinced me on how I was going to put my vote in. So I went with 3-2 for RNG. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs>
3: I My hopes got up. There was a <laughs> dramatic pause.
0: <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Magical's about to put the tinfoil hat back on. And then he went. Straight and narrow. I don't
2: know. He's got a saber for the other side of the bracket.
0: Yep. I I don't know because he's got his allegiance to Cloud9 and then that would mean that we (laughs) think that. Alright. Sure. Let's see what happens. Matchup number three. Africa Freaks, the LCK second seed versus Cloud9, NA LCS third seed. Africa Freaks went 4-2 in their group after coming online the second part of the round robin. And Cloud9 went 4-3 in Group B, forcing a tiebreak for First Seed in what was called the Group of Death. Both the Freaks and Cloud9 surged in the second half of the round robin. With that in mind, Ginny, which team do you think looked more stable in the group stage overall, and why?
1: Okay, um, so I'm going to have to give some props to Cloud9, even though it feels unnatural and wrong. Um, so um, just I think from like a stat perspective I think you're right that both teams kind of really only switched on, on later on so in terms of consistency they're both already not quite there but one thing that really stood out to me about Cloud9 was that they seem to have much sort of higher early dragon early, dragon, early objective participation that being said they're also the team that has less dragons per game in the end I kind of feel like this is indicative of Cloud9's I suppose shtick, which is that they like to exert early game pressure, but they don't really know how to translate that into the mid and the late game phases, which is actually where Afrika and their team comps usually actually want to shine. And also in terms of just stability, Afrika tends to perform both about the same blue or red, but I feel like Cloud9 actually heavily favours the blue side. Just in terms of, I guess, small things like that, I think Afrika looks stable, or more stable anyway they dropped their two games early that they dropped and then they've won pretty much everyone ever since cloud9 obviously dropped games at the start and at the end granted they did lose against rng which were a super strong team but they're also really an aggressive team which i think suggests to me that cloud9's early aggression or control doesn't really stick out well in the long run and those mistakes against a team like africa which has done really well in the lck even though they might not be the most consistent, where they have experience dealing with teams that can't close or can't follow through, I think you can't make those kinds of mistakes against Afrika. So for me, Afrika's overall performance, more stable, and I think that Cloud9 is going to suffer because of it.
3: But, but Ginny, you're saying stable and you're talking about the Freak of Freaks, so are we watching the same games here? I just want to make sure because I'm looking in at...
1: comparison to Cloud9, okay? <laughs> yeah,
3: but I'm lo- I'm looking at Freakas, and I'm looking at Keen especially in that top lane. This guy has been touted as one of the best top laners in Korea, but also one of the most volatile. We looked at how Khan was last year for Longshu, and it's a similar story that I'm seeing here is where he can get exploited so early on, and they, he can never come back into this, these games that they've got fallen even slightly b- far behind in that top lane. And really, that's been the folly for Africa's is the fact that Keen gets behind, so they're fighting 4v5, and you're going against Licorice we're talking about here. This is like the Lichpin of the current Cloud9, one of the strongest members of the team who can easily exploit that with what, probably one of the better junglers in all of Worlds 2, Svenskeren.
1: I think you're putting a little bit too much there on Licorice and Sinskaren as a duo. I know that Kini's not the strongest top laner, I agree, but I'm talking just about stability in just the past couple of matches and in terms of, I suppose, the, the differential between the objectives that both teams pick up slash drop slash discount and I really just feel like overall stats-wise, Afrika's more balanced.
0: All right, that's that's fair If they're if we're just talking the the stats aspect or the overall team play mm-hmm. uh, through the group stage, magical. This is your team, mm-hmm. but we're gonna go back on us. We're gonna go back into the jungle. Okay. Both teams have two junglers with them at Worlds. Do you think that C9 plays blabber at all this series? And looking on the other side of the coin, what about Mowgli? We saw him once in groups versus Fongbu. What conditions do you think? Uh, there has to be for the
3: freaks to break. Them. So looking at both themes, we got Blabber, we got Mowgli, if we're focusing on Cloud Nine first, why would they bring in Blabber? So honestly, I think Svenskeren's been playing out of his mind this world, and he has been one of these guys I've been looking at like, oh my god, he is doing so great, so it's almost hard to imagine that they bring Blaber in unless they want to change up their style a little bit, because Blaber and Svenskeren are pretty similar. The only difference is Blaber's a little bit more aggressive early on than Svenskeren, so he tries to go for some cheeky plays that might be a little bit more risky, but they have the high reward of trying to get a lane snowballing right away. So if they feel like they really do need to do that, especially against Kuro in the mid lane, that way they're helping out Jensen if he's playing something still like Zillion or Galio, which I really still expect Jensen to just keep playing unless Kuro wants to take away. Those two, which I'd be surprised. That's when you bring Blabber in. Otherwise, it's going to be Sven's garen going the whole way home. Just really ride that through because he's been playing great on anything that you can put him on. His Gragas has always looked good, even back in spring. You have Xin Zhao that he's been playing really well now as well. And plus, we're starting to see a couple more junglers come in that really do fit his style of trying to have a lot of good teamfights, but also good ganks onto the top lane. Like Poppy's been coming in, Camille's been coming in. So it could be that you don't even need to worry about Blabber. And now going over to Afrikas. Mowgli, we only saw once this world so far. And when you look up Mowgli, he actually hasn't played since August 5th in the LCK. It's been that long since he actually played a game. And before then he played purely tanks. That was the style that they really wanted to have Mowgli on. He was the tank player where he was great at initiating. He was really good at his pathing, making sure that he wasn't spotted so he can go for some of these early ganks and get someone like keen ahead. But that's when you play Mowgli, is when you want to go for Skarner, you want to go for just Gragas, but pure tank Gragas, even J4 if you want to go for the tank variant. You want something that can initiate really well, but also absorb all the damage. But that's not how Afrikas have been playing right now. Spirit's been playing a lot more of these aggressive style junglers, much more the bruiser style with Olaf, Camille's, and Chao, where he can initiate, go deep into the enemy lines, but then he has the backup of Curl on Galio, which has been one of their favorite pairings, is Camille and Galio, where they can easily go dive into the backline. It reminds me a lot of how Cloud9 like to play, because they love to go for the dive, dive, dive composition with Nocturne, Galio, you get Hecarim in there, Kai'Sa, Alistar, everyone's just going into the backline. So these two teams like to play a similar style, and that's going to be hard for Honestly, more Cloud Nine, just like Jenny was saying, it's really when you look at stats, that's kind of how it dictates what you're going to think of the matchups. So, on paper, Africa's should be the better team, but it is Cloud Nine we're talking about. They do like to go for some crazy things. The Zillion now coming back in, which I would be hard pressed to see actually not be banned. If Africas don't ban zillion, they are just disrespecting Jensen at that point and I think they should be slapped around a couple times for it, learn their lesson and say, okay, now we have to ban that because otherwise we're not going to be able to stop uh, Garen or blabber depending if they want to go blabber because they do like to have blabber in when they have Jensen on zillion because that even more facilitates blabber to go very aggressive, make these high risk plays that he likes to do. All
0: right. Now, I know I usually go to magical for the tinfoil <laughs> hat take, but culture, NA Pride, what are the win conditions that we need Cloud9 to hit for them to make the first world semifinal first?
2: All right, so my turn for the tinfoil hat Putting on the tinfoil, I have. It's a little bit tight for my big brain, a little bit spiky as well. I can't tell if I'm wearing a tin hat, uh, the the hat Magneto's from X-Men or a crown of thorns, but I'm gonna work with it anyways. So, for Cloud Nine, they only have two win conditions. It's simple. It's stay true to Cloud Nine and let Licorice do work. What kept Cloud9 alive in Group B was a combination of unique picks, a unique team composition, and a fast paced aggressive playstyle that featured Licorice. Now Licorice, in my mind, has submitted himself so far as one of the best, if not the best top laner from the West. Not only was he able to dominate Let Me, Cabochard, and then keep pace with, and in some ways outperform Kuve with the world's buff. Now, here's some quick stats as well he was he led in xp gold and cs difference at 15 on average and was ahead in cs at 15 42.9 percent of the time in his group in the group stage so cloud nine they have to continue to give licorice priority and it's consistent with how all three western teams that made it out have played they've given their top laners the lead, giving them the ability to lead the charge and absorb pressure, which freed up the rest of the map to play in their opponent's face. And then the icing on the cake is to keep Sven scaring on the rift. I don't want to see Blabber start in the quarterfinals. That's the keyword start. I know Cloud9's strategy is to swap players out, you know, and mix and match the pieces when things aren't going well, but let Sven start and if he falters then put Blabber into a more aggressive play style and then if they can create their own leads like they did in groups it's just as simple as Sneaky said it just fight man just fight at every single turn and most of the times with those leads they get the win
0: okay Jenny yep it's time for your prediction
1: well my prediction um, is gonna be that Afrika takes it but it's gonna be 3-2 so it's gonna be a close one because I, I definitely agree with Magical. Um, on paper, my dudes are on top, which is what my my main talking point was. But it's consistency. Yeah.
0: All right, Magical. Uh, let me let me see if I can see into the future. You have three, one, cloud nine.
3: You have the three, right?
0: <laughs> oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> Is it zero? Oh, Three is zero.
1: Let's go, Cloud Nine. Oh, Woo. Get out of my house.
0: <laughs> oh man, culture. Are you are you equally big brain? Are you ready to take another quest through the cosmos? I
2: mean, I I just took off the tin foil hat because it was hurting. It it, it literally used up all my brain power. I, even I can't go that far. I think it's gonna be Cloud9 for sure, but a three-two. Let's all settle down. Three-two, Cloud9, going to the semifinals. <laughs> oh man, you're you're no fun. <laughs> but
0: at least at least you went with my with my Cloud9, so I can't I can't be too mad. <sighs> now, the very last quarterfinal matchup: Fnatic EU LCS's first seed versus Edward Gaming the LPL third seed. Fnatic exited their group uh, as the first seed after two back-to-back wins over IG, and EDG was the second seed of their group after TL stole their chance to contest KT for first seed. The last time Fnatic looked this dominant was back in 2015. Magical. Time for the tinfoil hat. You know, Culture took it off, said it hurt his brain a bit, but we know that you like that. I left a little blood on it, I'm sorry. (laughs) See is FNATIC
3: going to make it all the way to the finals. See, I feel comfortable with the tin hat on. I don't know what you're talking about, Culture. This feels this feels natural to me. I look at I look at Fnatic. I see this team as actually being more dominant than the 2015 roster that we saw. I actually think mm. on a whole this team is a lot better. You have Soez, Mwipo, the top lane. Broxa has been doing way better than Rainover did, even back then, and just has been so much more aggressive. He's been ma- able to make these plays that can get Caps ahead, and Caps himself looks way better than Febiven did, even back in his heyday. Where how aggressive Caps has been able to play and be able to facilitate that aggression of Broxa as well is when working perfectly. And Reckless has been just continuing to grow as a player. We're sure he had the time off this year, but that really did help him kind of get back, get grounded, and see how he can improve. And it really start popping off. The only downside of this team is the fact that they don't have Yellowstar. I think if they still had Yellowstar, that this would be the Dynamite team. But Hillsang has been doing all right. He's gotten a couple what they call hellsang moments where he goes a little bit too far with nobody to follow up behind him and he dies by himself and leaves Fnatic in a 4v5 situation. So that's why I said on a whole, most of Fnatic is much better than the what they were back then. So I look at this team. Look at how dominant they can be, especially when you look at how they were against Invictus Gaming where everyone's like, "Ah, Invictus are going to be able to get this." I believe a certain smart analysis person said that the Fnatic was going to get the first seed in that group. I wonder Who that was. We can discuss that later. We can discuss that (laughs) later. So, some some smart person had told me that Fnatic was going to get the first seed in this group, and here they are, first seed in that group after winning two straight games against Invictus Gaming, who were one of the strongest teams throughout the entire summer split of the LPL. So this Fnatic team easily, in my book can actually make finals. They probably also got the luckiest draw that they could in order to get the path two finals, where this really does look like it's gonna be the West's year where they're finally gonna be able to get back into the final the finals how they haven't been there since season one. So this is looking prime for Fnatic especially to make it to the finals.
0: Alright, culture. You know, we've heard this we heard this great story just now about, you know, the return of Fnatic, the return of the West to the finals is EDG that team to play spoiler to it's coming home. The team did look a little shaky at times in the play-ins, but by and large, I think they've really cleaned up their play since then.
2: I mean, if EDG being the spoiler is the hill that some people want to die on, then be my guest, but, I mean, let's look at their group. You know, they took advantage of a Team Liquid who couldn't find their identity in, in the first part of the group stage. Then they lost them on the final day of play and lost in a way that Team Liquid looked Rather clean. They stole a win from KT when, by all means, the LCK one seed should have taken the game. And I'm not even going to mention Mad Team in, in the same category because that LMS flop. Uh, I think they did clean up their play a little bit, but really their big issue is relying a lot on Scout to almost carry them. They have Ray and he's solid, but I don't see him as being better than Buipo and SoE as a combo. And When you're a team that relies on your mid laner to be a large carry, and TSM fans know this well, while the rest of your lanes can't really hold a candle to the laners they're facing, then you end up just relying on, well, hopefully they'll keep trying to run into us with teamfights, and the entire match, that's what EDG does, is they want to brawl their opponents, and then they want to be left the bloody victor, but it's just not a realistic game plan against a Fnatic who have proven they can play multiple styles proficiently with a wide variety of champions, and... I'm with Magical. This is the strongest fanatic I've seen at in international stage, and I just don't think EDG can overcome that. All right,
0: Jenny. <laughs> you know it's no secret that I am a big Whippo fan. Mm-hmm. He and Soes have a tall order, though, when it comes to facing Ray, who seems to be comfortable playing into the type of top laners with similar bags of tricks that the Fnatic duo have. Do you think that Ray can not only neutralize those two top laners, but smash the top lane?
1: Okay, so contrary to my usual position, um, oh. whereby I think the West is total trash, um, and I'm not saying this just to keep my job, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but. I, I, I think that you've kind of. I feel like the combined weight of all the galaxy brain takes is kind of cutting off circulation to my head. So, <laughs> so, this is kind of actually making me say that, well, I'll say quite confidently that I don't think Ray is capable of smashing the top lane. So, in terms of looking at Bweepo and Ray's performance, they're not super dissimilar. Um, Ray might have a high KDA. Um, but they've got similar goal and damage percentages and one thing i've noticed though is in matches i feel like ray actually receives and pulls a far amount of jungle a, far, a fair amount of jungle attention top if we look at their neutral stats like rift held and like Rift held for example and i think if he can keep doing that that's okay he won't really have a problem keeping fanatics attention top lane but i don't think that that means that he's going to be able to smash him i think that in a best case scenario ray does fine because like magic and culture have identified, the problem really is with the other laners. And I think that if EDG, um, if EDG frees up Fnatic to actually roam, and they free up um, the, the goon squad of Broxa and Caps to roam with impunity, and reckless is just allowed to get away with CSing because no one's applying enough pressure in the other lanes. Then Fnatic's win conditions are basically met, and Ray does not is not a huge factor in EDG's own win conditions. So, unfortunately, I think he'll go toe to toe, probably, probably break even, but smash them. I don't think he's going to do that at all.
0: Oh no, is is this, is this where we've all gone
2: full euphoria? Culture, please. Culture, speak, speak reason. I mean, I think I'd be a fool not to say Fnatic's going to win this, but I wouldn't say I've got full Euphoria. It's just Fnatic's a good team. Everyone recognizes it. They're going to win this one. I'm going to say it's going to be a 3-1. But don't put me under the Euphoria banner yet, please. Don't do that to me. I still have NA family to take care of.
0: But but Culture, the, the way you were talking about this uh, Fnatic team, It, uh, sounds like you've got the winning worlds. No. (laughs) (laughs) Magical, are you ready to take that galaxy brain, uh, take? I I think you
3: already know. A certain smart big brain person kind of said Fnatic was going to win worlds last time, didn't they?
0: Oh, God, not again. (laughs) 3-1, Fnatic. Wow, so, like, I... All right, let's let's get Jinny in here first, Jenny, Mm-hmm. Uh, you you seem to be the representative of a specific region known as the LPL.
1: <laughs> yes, genetically,
0: uh, yes. <laughs> genetically, um. Now, last time we were on the show, you were all about regional pride and mm-hmm. didn't break ranks. Mm-hmm. Tonight, um, they might take your passport away. <laughs> 'Cause I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that you're not going with PDG over Fnatic.
1: Yeah, and I mean I'm pretty sure the Chinese government's gonna arrest my family now, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, is, it, um, is it
0: a clean three O or is it three one?
1: Oh hell no, it's not a clean three O, okay. Like I, I've got some I've got some Chinese pride remaining. We're gonna take take some games. I I might even be brave enough to say three two, but I think Fnatic is gonna come out on top.
0: Alright, so, let's say that our predictions play out the way that we expect them to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll use desk average, because, mm-hmm. you know, some people broke ranks at time. So we have Cloud9 over the Freaks, <laughs> and Fnatic over EDG. We have RNG over G2, and KT over IG. So, Vulture. Yes? That means the West faces off for the semifinals. Mm Mm-hmm. Is Fnatic just sort of stampeding through Cloud9? Or can Cloud9 stop it? Stop the West? Well, stop EU?
2: Uh, Yikes. God. I'm sorry NA family. I'm sorry NA fans and friends that thought I truly believed in Cloud9, but I think Fnatic is going to go at least to the finals. Oof.
0: Uh, hey, Magical. Hey, Amanda. <laughs> so we know that you're the Cloud9 representative of this podcast. We know that you are Mr. Big Brain, Mr. Galaxy Quest. But I have a feeling that
3: this is the end of the quest. I was that really is. hoping you weren't gonna ask this question on this podcast that I was waiting for next week. Oh, no. So,
0: Magical. This is the end of Cloud9, right? Uh, Cloud9,
3: I love you. You're amazing people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love and respect all of my people out there. But, Fanatic, it's gonna be Cloud9. Oh. oh, man, he got a little quiet there. I don't know if I heard him.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was that magical
3: Fnatic will be cloud nine <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jinny, i assume that uh you're gonna, you're gonna not break ranks right
1: yeah i think Fnatic's gonna be cloud nine i think this was clear i don't like the west but eu over na i'm not sorry
0: wow, oh, wow. alright and then jenny rng Versus KT, which should be the final. Mm. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it inside. Does who gets out over your countrymen or KT Roaster?
1: Clearly my countrymen, not even a contest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, hey, culture. I'm gonna like, give Magical some time to, to recover. from Thank you, here, man. Thank to, you. He's he's sobbing he's sobbing in the corner.
2: It's, it's kind of sad. Is it RNG or KT rolster? Well, in the words of Conan the Barbarian Conquer enemies, see them driven before you And hit the lamentations of the woman And Uzi In high LPL fashion will do that And take it 3-1 over KT Uh I,
0: I, By the way I'm, I love all of your references <laughs> 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 Hey, Magical, are you, are you okay there?
3: I, I've recovered a bit
0: Alright, are you going to break rank and file? Is this going to be a KT versus Fnatic finals? Or are you saying that it is the year of the Mad Dog?
3: You know, I didn't think that I'd be with the majority on this going into this. I thought everyone was going to be on the KT hype train. Because KT has got to be the favorites for the tournament. But I think RNG will take it 3-2. You
0: know, you say hype train... But their logo is like clearly a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so obviously what goes up on a roller coaster must come down.
3: They've had a lot of downs though, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright. So I've I think I've broken Magical's will. Uh, I made Vulture try to go full galaxy brain, and did. Ginny has betrayed her country. <laughs> twice. And twice uh and probably we may have to find a replacement depending on how close she is to the chinese government (laughs) um so where can everybody find you culture
2: where can they find you on twitter man y'all know where to find me at atl esports guy that's at atl all caps esports guy on twitter go follow your homeboy hey jenny
1: Mm-hmm.
0: when you're not running from the Chinese government and you have time to use Twitter, where can they find you?
1: Well, luckily they don't have Twitter in China. Um, so I am, <laughs> I am at Ginny Woes. That's <laughs> G-I-N-N-Y W-O-E-S um, on Twitter. Follow your homegirl? Wow.
2: Why are you trying to steal my, my, my thing? Did it at the opening. <laughs> Doing it at the end. Magical. Magical. So where
0: could everybody find their favorite mad prophet?
3: You can find the mad prophet over at mad underscore magical. I'll be posting up all my crazy wild predictions and uh, maybe some crazy videos. We'll see.
0: All right. And as you guys know, you can find me at Amanda and And unlike the last episode, we now have a pa. Po- we now have a Twitter too. It Woo. is at the underscore analyst desk. Where you can find great content like the mental breakdown, where we break down the match of the day in six seconds. And sometimes you can see what happened inside the magical house, where he is wearing a tinfoil hat. And there was something like math? <laughs> <laughs> is Cloud9 a. I think there was a paper that said, Is Cloud9 something?
2: I believe there was even a B movie script piece in there a little bit somewhere. Nah, no,
3: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Definitely not. But
0: if you guys want great, quick, bite-sized esports content, you should definitely be checking out the underscore analyst desk on Twitter. And also we do some comedy too, because as you can tell, we all like to laugh. And we want you guys to laugh too. Uh, Until next time, remember to drink the tears of your enemies.